This is 10 with Ken, a 10-minute interview series that's never 10 minutes. In episode two, I have the pleasure to speak with Philip Smith, president of the National African American Gun Association. He is a genuine, passionate leader who is dedicating his life to getting firearms into the hands of black Americans who want to defend themselves, their families, and their homes. He's optimistic about black gun ownership and happy to be an advocate for this important cause. Enjoy. So, Philip, uh, thank you so much uh, for taking some time with me today. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I love what your, your organization is doing. And so can you start by by telling, you know, who, who, the people who are watching, tell me about you. Tell me about your family. How are you doing right now in 2021? Tell me a little bit about you. Sure, sure. I'll give you kind of a quick 10,000-foot overview of where I come from and all that good stuff and work my way up to where I am right now. Um, born and raised in a little town called Vallejo, California, Northern Cal. Um, about 30 miles north of Oakland, San Francisco, okay. about 50,000 50, folks, nothing too special about it. We're kind of like in, out in the country slash suburbs. Really enjoyed my upbringing. Um, had a, I would not want it to be raised anywhere else. I mean, this your typical upbringing, bicycles and girls and high school proms and, you know, just the, the, the average, you know, upbringing as uh, as uh, kids come up in the, in the, uh, the 70s. Um, I had the really good benefit of having a really great foundation at home with my mother and father. Um, my father was a, a taskmaster as far as being uh, with, uh, with, with uh, studies, focused on education. My mom was kind of like, you know, the, the nurturer lover, you know, raised the kids, but my dad was like, hey, get it done. So um, that was kind of my base. And then from there, I went on to uh, UC Davis to go to, to, go to school, did uh, great, loved the, you know, the college environment and started working in the, the Bay Area up until about 2002. And 2002, um, I had gotten married. I married a country girl. She likes the cities a little bit, but she likes being out um, in the South a little bit more. So we had a, a, a mutual agreement to move down to Atlanta, Georgia on the outskirts. So that was kind of like the, the our, our, our compromise. And it was really life-changing for me because when I moved out to the South, being in Atlanta, Georgia, metro area, I was dipped into Southern culture. And it's completely different from California. And... I've come to love the, the the perspective of the of the southern lifestyle. I like the food. I like the the whole atmosphere. I like the setting. I like the um, ge geography. I just like everything about it. And in that process of getting accustomed, and and more importantly, just you pref a preference at this point, um, I got introduced to firearms. Everyone out here has firearms. Moms have guns that they give to their daughters. Fathers give their guns to their sons. They have family meets. They go hunting together. It's just integrated into the fabric of, of the Southern culture. And um, I was working uh, at a job and I had two buddies of mine, that two coworkers, and they were like Monday morning saying, hey, Phil, this Saturday, we're going we're gonna to go shooting at the range. Do you want to go? I'm like, I'm, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll think about it. And they literally bugged me every day. And this is back in 2015. Yeah, and by Thursday I said, "Okay, man, I just relented." I said, "Okay, I'll go. I'll just get off my back. I'll go." So fast forward to Saturday morning, I'm signing my waiver forms, doing the debriefing, the safety briefing at the range, and um, I started shooting with with the guys, and I had a hell of a good time, man. It was one of the best times I had in my life. Huh. I literally stayed there like three and a half hours. I was renting everything, magnums, you know, Sig, Glocks, you know, 380, nine millimeter. Rifles. I mean, I just had so much fun. I was like, "This is this is too much fun." And I yeah. said, "I'm gonna come back next week." 
I had that much fun, but this time I'll come by myself. So fast forward the next week, I was there again, 9.30 again in the morning, signing another form, and I had an even better time. And then I looked around at the end of the day, it was like about, about three hours later, and I said, you know what? If I could have this much fun, met some great folks on the range, in the lobby, um, great folks behind the counter, gave me a lot of, of information uh, in terms of firearms, very intuitive that the, the sales staff there, and uh, they made me feel at home. And that's when I said, if I can have this much fun, I know other members of, I, of my community, the African-American community can have fun and learn about guns in a very positive environment, very nurturing, um, very educational, based in um, basics in terms of introducing introducing the firearms to a newbie like me, because I consider myself a newbie. Yeah. And uh, um, I went home, sat down, and I said, okay, Philip, if you want to start this organization, what does it look like? And then that's when I began the research and put together information, and I officially launched the uh, the organization uh, February 28th um, in 2015. And when I started, I'll be very honest with you, I didn't think, can I get more than 300 people for the whole year? And it's going to, you know, something to do with my wife. I get stay out of her hair and I was just going to kind of fiddle around the house and have something to do on the weekend. But I literally had 300 people the first month, over three, almost 400. The second month I had an additional 500 people. And this is with no advertising, just, just starting, posting, right. just starting and, and the word got out. By the end of the year, I had over 8,000 people, word of mouth, nothing going on other than hey, you got to check out this guy named Phil. He, he started this organization for Af African-Americans. Let's go check it out. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, law enforcement were joining, police officers, military, you name it, judges, teachers, the ordinary Joe, blue collar worker, white collar workers, doctors, lawyers, engineers, everybody was joining. And that has been the journey literally from that point until now, uh, where we're probably over 42,000 members right now. Wow. And oh uh, it's we're averaging anywhere from 800 to 1,000 new members every month as we stand right now. Um, Things have changed a little bit. We're a little more sophisticated. We're still learning. We've got a, lot, a long way to go, but we, we've been blessed with, um, uh, I think, a structure as an organization that allows people to say, hey, I don't know anything about guns. Who can I turn to? Oh, I can yeah, turn yeah. to NAGA. They'll help me out. Regardless yeah. of your color, we are an African-American organization, but we have members from every shade of the of, of the rainbow, white, yeah. black, Asian, Latino. And in fact, we have a, a, a surging uh, population of folks outside our demographic being white, Latino, and Asian that have really joined us in the last year. Um, and that's a good thing. I think that's a very positive thing. And I'm very, very proud of that. When you look at NAGA in terms of its nuts and bolts, we have a culture of acceptance. And I'll get to the gun part in just a minute. And this is what I mean. Regardless of who you are, who you vote for, whoever you're dating, um, what you wear, your personal perspectives are respected when you come to NAGA. We're gonna give you a big high five, a big hug, a look in your face and say, hey, Ken, welcome to the family. Welcome, bro, come on in. We're gonna give you a hug, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk about guns and we're gonna really go over the basics. Because that's what we are at, at, at its core. We are a African-American organization that trains folks how to shoot. That's what we do, that's our bread and butter. Um, we're not politically um, attached to anyone or any political party. Um, we are totally um, neutral, and if you want to talk about politics, that's great. But we uh, we don't we don't do that. Now, if you want to talk about that, that's great. You can do that, but we don't have an official perspective. We back policy 
not politicians are a political party. Yeah. If a policy is directly, and this is something I'm really adamant about, if it's affecting the Second Amendment, it's our responsibility, and we have to do our due diligence to make sure that the Second Amendment is protected and supported um, by our community. We can't let anyone speak for us. We have to get out there and we got to do the work. And uh, that's something we're starting to do right now very, very aggressively, particularly with the initiatives that are in the Senate and the House of Representatives currently. So that's how it started. That's how we got here. And that's incredible. No, that's incredible. And that it's really important to me. And I, I'm I'm so glad to hear that is that, you know, on, on our side of sort of the movement, it's like it's very party centric. And I feel like we need a lot more people who are outside of the party who don't care about party politics. They care about policy. They care about keeping people protected. They care about keeping the Second Amendment protected, Correct. you know, and, 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 and tracking that policy, you know, wherever it is and defending it. And I think the other important part of it is, is that I really love about this is, you know, we talk a lot about the culture war, you know, it's all about hearts and minds. And I, I feel like we win hearts and minds instead of complaining about something on Facebook of doing what you're doing, Philip, which is shake hands say hello, welcome them in, um, you know, start people out with, you know, positive things and, and training them to, you know, respect, for instance, you know, the second amendment and respect guns, um, and, and respect firearms for, for the tools that the tools of self-defense that they are instead of, you know, posting crazy things on Facebook. Right. I mean, it's about, it's about, oh, that yeah. deep, you know, friendly policy making and, and friend hand to hand, sort of, you know, welcome to the movement kind of stuff that I, I feel very strongly about. That's, that is something that, you know, not just as a Republican, but as somebody who, you know, on, you know, on the right, I'd rather have people like you shaking hands instead of, you know, on, on social media. And I, I just love that. I, I think that's an incredible approach. And obviously it's working with 42,000 members. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. That's great. Yeah. I want to coattail on, on what you're saying. I think one of the best thing that's been able to, um, benefit our organization is that when people join, we have a saying, we agree to disagree, but not disconnect. And it speaks to just what you kind of uh, indicated. Regardless of your perspective, because we're all a product of our of our, our, our journey through life. You're a product of what you went through to get to this point, and, and I am a product of my experiences to get to this point. And we have to be respective of, of that. Doesn't mean we're gonna hate each other or love each other, but it does mean we need to have some civility if we have differences. And I think that's what's missing in the in the the larger social conversations. It's like we're so polarized now. We're on this side and this side. There's no communication. And I think that's that's a lost art just listening to one another. And and I'll say this word, it might be kind of corny, but I think if you if you love your 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 fellow man a little bit more, you I think you go a long way. And uh, we definitely try to do that within the, the National African American Gun Association. When you're, that's wonderful. When, when you're talking to skeptics, so, so if you're talking to, you know, and, and, and I, I tell me a little bit about how, so yeah, the first part is tell me a little bit about how guns are viewed in the black community that you're talking to, whether it's just in Atlanta or just as you're doing your travels, as you're speaking, I know you spoke at SHOT Show, I think it was last year. Yeah. What's the what's the overall uh, feeling towards the Second Amendment and gun ownership in the black community? I'll be, I'll be very honest. It's, it's tough. There's been a socialization since the 60s, I believe. And this is, this is my unofficial perspective. 60s, early 70s, that having a gun, if you're an African-American, is a bad thing. And you need to stay away from guns. So they're, quote unquote, bad. Um, and that's an uphill battle every day that we have to to deal with. 
And I've gotten to some heated discussions, very respectful within my own community where I, I might be talking to a group of pastors or uh, a group saying, hey, Phil, we respect you. We love that you have a commitment to our community, but we just don't think firearms are the, the way to go. We think it's better not having guns. And that's why I have to educate them on the the Second Amendment and what it's meant to do and what it's not meant to do. And more importantly, our interaction with it as a living document. Um, and those are tough discussions. Um, sometimes I win over the group. Sometimes I don't. But we have we have to get over that hump. And within our community, there's a, a slow maturation process taking place now that more and more African-Americans are viewing firearms in a positive experience than previously uh, was done in the years prior up until now. And I think that's a good thing. But it's a it's a day to day fight that we have to overcome. Um, I think eventually uh, we'll get to a place where we're going to turn the aisle completely, where people say, you know what, guns are OK if they're done in this manner. Um, currently, right now, as we talk, there are over nine, I think roughly 10 million African-Americans with guns in their house right now. So that's our target market to educate those folks that we, first of all, exist and that to understand that you with that gun comes responsibility. And we believe one of the responsibilities is to promote the Second Amendment to other f friends, family and coworkers that you interact with. Um, that's the best way to move forward. I, I, that's that you're you're leading right into my question of what is your strategy, and so you're saying your strategy right now is really to hit those African American gun owners where they're at, help them feel you know confident about that gun ownership, and then you know that will bleed you know more into the community you know correct time. correct so because because I, I my strategy is the best example of someone um, having a firearm in our community is a live person, a live photo. Or a video saying, "Hey, look at those guys over there. Those black men and women, and they're at the range, and they're 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 obviously, and they know what they're doing. That's that's a picture is worth, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, and a video is worth a million. That's what we try to do. And one of the things I try I've tried to do very consciously as I um, went down this path is to give positive visual images of African Americans with shooting. If you go to our website, you won't see any type of gangster stuff. You see." wholesome pictures of black families. You see wholesome pictures of African-Americans, men and women shooting. And that's done very, very intentionally because I think the the stereotype has been pushed down that there's only uh, a, one type of view of an African-American. That's the gangster. He's got his pants sagging and he's got the grilled out teeth. And that's a very, very small microcosm of our community. That's, that person is, is probably 0.111% of our community. But yet that, that image is plastered all over the uh, the Internet. So we have to fight that. But uh, we're, we're doing a little better. Um, I think eventually it'll, it'll turn where the majority of African-Americans can see firearms in a different light. But it is an uphill battle because of the socialization that we went through in the 60s and some of the things that we have been, quote unquote, taught by or instructed by some of our political leaders. No, that's wonderful. Um, and what uh, how has it affected how was the last year and a half? Has that, you know, this pandemic and you oh, know, wow. how, how has that affected, uh, you know, you, get, you know, black gun owners and, you know, people's views towards firearms? Has that made people, you know, I, I know that the record number of people have been buying guns. Is it the same thing in the black yeah. community as well? And, you know, with recent unrest across the country, what's what's that look like for your I think it's been, for lack of a better word, like my father would say, you were like it was a gumbo of events brought together, which is like a perfect storm. Um, and I'm not trying to put down anything in, in a very, you know, not serious manner, but the pandemic was the game changer. 
without question. When the pandemic hit, folks that I had been interacting with for the last five years who were anti-gun, black folks are saying, hey, Phil, I, I like you, you're cool, but we're not gonna have any guns in our house. Those same people in droves, hundreds at a time were saying, Phil, I need to get a gun. I'm scared. I'm thinking about mob, you know, total mob rule. Are we going to have food? Is electrical system going to be up and running? Will I be able to protect my family if there's social breakdown? All those folks got guns. Black folks got guns that were thinking about this yeah. in my community. Yeah. And they're still buying guns. That combined with some of the social and racial unrest that's going on and the economic uncertainty, you put all that together and you have literally all of the characteristic and features and motivators um, that are going to make your organization be reviewed as a possible solution. And it, it, it was definitely that within our organization because we had record numbers of growth. Um, once Friday to a Monday, we had over 2,800 folks join. Just incredible. Another that's week. A good we had weekend. Another, yeah, that's a really good weekend. And next week, we I think we had like an additional 3,500 people join. Wow. So the numbers were off the charts. I mean, if, you know, obviously, they're not Facebook or Google numbers, but for a little organization like us, that's that's pretty that's big huge. for us. That, that's huge for us. So it, it was Phil, definitely a lot of growth. Yeah. Philip, what I mean, and, and, and I, I don't want to uh, make it seem like we are, you know, grateful that the crisis, you know, these crises happen, not that at all, but. You know, if if that's what it takes to help people feel safer, uh, you know, and to feel, you know, to feel safe in their homes that they can protect their their kids. I mean, I, yeah. that's what it's about. I I, I don't own an AR fifteen, but if if that's what you know, if someone legally wants to purchase something that will help them feel secure in their home, especially during tough times, mm -hmm. I would support that. You know, you know, I, I'm a handgun owner. I'm, I'm a concealed carry owner, um, or you know, <laughs> license holder. You know. I, I want that for families, especially if we, if you live in a certain, you know, there's these people that live in a gated community inside of a gated community on top yeah. of a hill behind a guard gate. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about yeah. the guys that are in the tough parts of town that, yeah. you know, their kids walk to school every day and, and to be able, you know, they, or they walk their kids to school every day, excuse me, to be able to feel comfortable to walk with those kids on those streets. And mm -hmm. those are who I want to get guns. I don't care about the guy in the gated community. I care about the guy you know, in a regular street walking with his kids. And, and I, I'm just, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that people are, are feeling that comfort of, of, you know, owning a gun. How can we help them or, or how does NAAGA like help them feel more confident? Do you offer training courses? Is it more fellowship or what, what do you do on that end to help them? Okay. You got a gun. Now here's what's next. What, what do you, what is it, it's both. And, and that's a, that's a very good question. Cause I get asked that a lot. What do we do specifically? We integrate a, cultural experience, combining that with your fundamental training of firearms. We teach them how to, you know, the basic stuff that you and I know, how to hold a gun, isosceles, isosceles versus Weaver, uh, 380 versus nine millimeter, muzzle management, dry fire practice. We go over every aspect of that um, when we're training someone. We never let any of our members get on the range until they have went through a very thorough process of learning how to shoot or the basics of a firearm, what it doesn't do and what it does do. We make them memorize the four universal rules, I mean, over and over <laughs> until they have gotten it down. So there's a, a process where they're learning how to shoot and at the same time they're learning about, and this is the thing which really I wanna make sure that you understand and your folks understand, we integrate that basic core training and we let them know that, you know what? You're not the first black person to get a, get a gun, nor will you be the last. In fact, you come from a long history of black arms, Tuskegee Airmen, 
Buffalo Soldiers, Harriet Tubman, Nat Turner. We list all of the proud people and organizations that have went before you to let them know they have a responsibility, responsibility regarding the Second Amendment and people, good people have died for you, black and white. So you need to take responsibility and, and handle that gun in a certain way and understand that uh, it's a it's a uh, something you have to you have to earn you not earn but it's a privilege that you have uh, been able to um, have given to you and to make sure that you understand that and, and to handle yourself accordingly and I think most of our folks do that. That that's incredible. I'm I'm so glad to hear that. Um, I I might need to take a course because I don't know Osasolis versus Weaver. So yeah, oh, <laughs> I might no, need to. Yeah, I, know that. <laughs> I have to know that. I, I guess I'm I'm exposing myself as not knowing enough. But that's great. I'm I'm so glad you're doing that. You know, I know I know some of those. You know, the, the four rules you were talking about, things like that. It's, it's yeah. wonderful. Those are those are key um, to being a, a responsible gun owner. I mean, no, you know, knowing to not muzzle people, stuff like that. I, I just, oh, yeah. it, it's, no, no it's, sleeping, no sleeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's great. What, um, so, so when you're, when you're talking to some of these groups, what's, is, is there a message that has won them over? If it, have you ever spoken to someone, they gone, wow, I had no idea. Maybe I'm more open now. You know, thanks for telling me that Philip, is there a specific message or is it just, Everything you know. What, what's what's a really good message? Uh, I, I think I think we've gotten uh, most traction from folks just learning about us by little snippets. They learned that, that there's a huge population of African American women that are dominating in our membership. At one point, they were 60 percent of our membership um, in terms of numbers. Um, they they really interested in learning that we teach about the Black History of Arms, which I just mentioned. Um, they get very interested when they learn that um, we're not a mono, we're not monolithic. We have differences. All black folks come in for different reasons. Some come in because, hey, Phil, I just want to learn how to skeet shoot. That's all I want to do. I like trap and skeet shooting. I'm not worried about the AR issue. I'm not worried about pistols. I just want to shoot pistol, uh, skeet. Some other folks say, hey, I've been raped. I, I get that in, in, on occasion. Um, and I want to protect myself um, and to never let that happen again. We have a lot of women and men that work late at night and they want to go back to their car. They want to they conceal carry like you do, Ken. And they want to feel comfortable. And that uh, process of getting your concealed carry license, we help them in that process. We educate them so that when they are working late and they go back to their car late at night, um, be it Walmart or Wall Street, they can feel comfortable. Um, we help out with everyone you know, based on their need. And everything is uh, pretty much customized to that particular need of, of folks that, uh, that are requesting the, the information or the process or the, or the, the, the learning um, process that they have to go through. I, I love it. I'm I'm so glad. I, I I don't remember how I came across your organization, but I'm so glad I did. And I hope uh, you know other people will, will be happy to hear about it. What what can you do? You know, for for the people that are watching, what what do you want them to do for NAAGA right now? Do you want them to go on Facebook, donate? Uh, what what can we do to help your organization grow and you know get more uh, guns into Black Americans' hands? Just just get engaged with the organization. Join the organization, tell your family and friends. And when you join the organization, give your perspective. Give your information. Hey, you know what? I have an idea. This is what I think. And you'll be, you'll be surprised. Lots of times, somebody, most folks say, you know what? That's a great idea. Regardless of your color, regardless of your gender, you know, whatever your political leanings, it doesn't matter. Give your perspective. And that's the one thing I really want everybody to take away from my conversation with you today, Ken. We are open and we have a culture of acceptance within NAGA. 
And that's, I think, is our greatest strength as an organization, because we have folks now joining that are in France that have they don't even have guns with them, but they but they see the universal message of, hey, I want to be able to protect myself. I want to be the person that I am. And at the same time, I want to make sure my family, and my loved ones protected. And I can go to this organization and not judge for any belief that I have. I can be a Republican and join. I can be a Democrat and join. I can be a libertarian. I can be a person that I can be grumpy <laughs> and I can join. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear about anything, you know, yeah. and I'm going to be loved and accepted. And those are those are universal themes that regardless of where you're at and who you are, you're like, you know what? That's kind of that's kind of cool. I think I'm going to take, take, a, take a look at that organization. I mean, I join, but I'm still going to take a look at them. And. They've got my attention, and that's that's what I'm most proud of. And I want everybody here to understand that's the core of the organization. Is it about guns? Yes, obviously, but it's about people and guns, and those two components have to interact in, in a very uh, fluid and natural way. And I think we're able to do that. I love it. Uh, what, what an inspiring message, uh, an inspiring organization. I appreciate you uh, taking some time to talk to me, Philip. Uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll link you know as much as I can about the organization when I when I post. Uh, and and just just keep doing what you're doing. If you're ever in Las Vegas, uh, I want to come say hi to you. We can go sh go shooting at the range. And, oh, definitely, uh, brother. Definitely, we'll definitely do that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Let me know you next time you're in town. And Philip, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, and we'll talk soon. So if there's anything else you'd uh, you want to plug, or you know, if you want people to like on Facebook or whatever, go for it. I just want to say, uh, if anyone's interested in the organization, go to our website www.naaga.co. And uh, we'd love to have you. And if you have any questions, email me directly. And I, I just want to thank you, Ken, for allowing me to run my big mouth for a few moments. And uh, <laughs> I enjoy your show. I'm definitely going to be watching you moving forward. Thank you so much, Philip. Appreciate your time. Have a great day. You too. God bless you, brother.